What is happening, everybody? This is your host, Madeline Moon, and I am so excited to have you for another episode of the Mind Body Musings podcast, where we dive into very deep topics, usually around the mind and the body, and sometimes we muse about them. And today's episode is no different. Actually, it's pretty different, but it's no different from providing you with exceptional content that's going to have you chewing and marinating on it for quite a while. But today's episode is a special one indeed because we are talking with Mr. Kyle Lipton, who is a transformational coach who truly leads with love and is committed to transformation and evolving consciousness. With an interesting backstory of living in basically two homeless shelters, dealing with sexual trauma early on in life at the age of six, being in the world of personal development since age 15, working with mentors in this space who have reached millions and millions of people in the world combined, Kyle Lipton is an extremely gifted intuitive who has supported many people in transforming their own lives. Today's episode took quite a few turns in different directions where we really fulfill a lot of interesting questions that you've probably been asking in your own life. I am so grateful to Kyle because this is his first time on the show and he really, really stepped up to the plate with some pretty profound questions that I asked him today. This is not an episode that you want to miss. In fact, it's probably one you're going to want to save in your saved podcasts and send to a friend, maybe, perhaps. Today's review of the week comes from Alika Zamed, and he, she says, inspirational and authentic with five stars. Maddie is such a genuine soul. Every week I look forward to her podcasts. I began listening to her podcast over a year ago when I needed help with an eating disorder. Her body positivity and honesty were a crucial tool for me in recovery. But what I love now is that her content Content, sorry, content continues to evolve and never fails to inspire me. Thank you, Maddie, for all the love and positivity you put out into the world. Thank you, Alika, for listening and for sharing this authentic, intentional review. You made my day. Now, this episode with Kyle is so juicy and so good that I'm pretty much ready to dive on in. Uh, what I will say before I jump in is that I have a few spots opening for my one-on-one coaching practice. If you are interested in learning more about that coaching practice, you can go to The podcast I did called Creating a Business with Integrity and Heart, where you can get a lot of insight on how I work and who I coach. But that's not to say that I only coach women who are looking to create online businesses from creating stories out of their messages. I also coach women who are still in the transition of leaving a destructive, toxic relationship or are looking to evolve or are looking to stop living in the life of perfectionism or are really wanting to move past body image issues and reclaim their lives. So if that's you and you're interested in that, you can go to maddiemoon.com slash coaching and read some testimonials and read about what I provide in those sessions for either six months or one year. Now, without further ado, let's go head on over to listen to Kyle Lipton share his glorious light on consciousness, sexual trauma healing, and so much more. You are now entering the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you find yourself hungry for growth, eager for inspiration, and longing for self-improvement, welcome home. Hosted by motivational speaker and life coach Maddie Moon, you can be certain you will learn how to change your life in magical ways in each and every episode. Are you ready to stop caring what other people think? Is it time you break limiting beliefs and empower your whole being? Do you know how to use the one life you've been given to the absolute fullest? Join Maddie Moon and her inspirational guests every Wednesday for the life-altering discussions on freedom, vulnerability, abundance, and so much more. For more insight, grab your free gift on MaddieMoon.com and uncover your own once-in-a-lifetime greatness within. If you have kind words to say, feel free to leave a review on the show in iTunes or send your favorite episode to a friend. We look forward to hearing your insights and growing together in unexpected ways. And now, without further ado, here's your host. Maddie Moon. And we are back on the Mind Body Musings podcast, and I am here with Mr. Kyle Lipton, who you may be familiar with from his massively successful work on Facebook and in the world, but also because he was one of the writers in my post, that epic post I did about harmonizing the masculine and feminine energies, he contributed to that really amazing contribution there. And I'm so excited to finally get him on the podcast after talking back and forth with him for a little bit online. So Kyle, welcome to the show. 
Thank you. I'm excited to be here. You're a very interesting person to me for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons why I am so intrigued by you is because you have done what all marketing gurus say you cannot do, and you have become really successful amongst your community and with just with people and by creating connection and by getting on and being vulnerable, but not using all the marketing tactics and all the website gimmicks and the leads and the email lists and the autoresponders. And I find that really fascinating about you going against the grain and like totally just stepping into that and owning it. And I'm sure there's been some questions along the way, but I'm totally interested in learning more about that in regards to you. Yeah. So the question is what made me want to just start sharing on Facebook and just start building my community that way? It wasn't really a question, but yeah, let's go ahead and go into it. Okay. I just wanted to acknowledge <laughs> you, but yeah, sure, oh, let's awesome. do it. How um, how has – so the first question normally we ask on here is your background your story. So you can tie Perfect. that into the story of your background. So why don't we start there? Yeah, I'd love to just answer that one. Awesome. Um, so yeah, I've been in the world of personal development ever since I was about 15 years old. Um, and really how that started was I, I played basketball for a pretty great amount of my life and I practice and maybe even practice more than most people on my team, if not everybody. And I was so skilled, but every single time I would get in the game, pretty much, I would just literally flop. Like I spent hours and hours and hours in the gym and then I would get in the game and I would be so nervous. I would be so, I, I would just be overthinking so much. I'd be uh, and it really started because this, at least this is my guesstimate at the moment. Um, I, I've had a dad who's always been in my life, um, but I've always craved him to be extremely present with me and to just be there with me. Um, and the way that manifested by not receiving that has been this quest for significance in my life. So I'd be on the court and I'd step on the court and, um, I'd have thoughts like, what is coach thinking? I'd have thoughts like, how do I look? Who's in the stand? Who's in the stands? And um, that was something that really hindered my performance because I couldn't be fully present on the court because I was overthinking uh, based on this need I had for significance. So fast forward through the basketball times. Um, after high school, I ended up working for an incredible mentor whose uh, name I shall not reveal because I don't really resonate with what he's up to anymore. So I don't really want to support that. Um, but it, it, it was such an incredible experience for me. So I've been in this world of personal development since 15 on and workshops, courses, um, what have you of all different kinds of sorts. And, uh, really just been a student of personal development, personal transformation. And, um, something that I'm extremely passionate about right now is supporting people with, releasing whatever they're hiding, whatever they're shameful of, and to truly create a life of freedom. And, you know, a lot of the reasons that we overthink and that we uh, are frustrated and overanalyzing things is because there's some truth that's within us that hasn't been expressed. And for me, uh, what that was, and this is one of the biggest traumas that I've ever had, um, was when I was a, a young boy, I uh, had sexual experiences with a friend of mine who was a guy and uh, maybe six when that first happened. And I didn't tell anyone about that till I was 13. And I remember I was in the car with my dad. I broke down crying. And there was a sense of liberation within that because I was frustrated. I was overthinking. I was overanalyzing. And it was so hard to contain that, that, that truth and that deep secret. And I had so much shame and guilt around it. But, you know, throughout this journey of just showing more of who I am and just allowing myself to be seen... Um, that's created some incredible personal transformation for myself. And, um, yeah, I was just a little all over the place, but that, that's a little bit about me. Um, so yeah, really what I'm up to right now is I'm a, I'm a workshop leader. I am a intuitive transformation coach and, um, have my first ever speaking engagement coming up this November. So I can more authentically say I'm a speaker after, uh, November 11th. Wow, that is so incredible. You have such a 
detailed story and you've gone through so many things. I wonder after you had that moment where you talked to your dad about it, you said you were how old around that time? I was 13. So I kept that in for maybe like seven years. Okay. So seven years. And then after that, when you started to, I don't know, after puberty and as you're getting older and you're dating, has things surrounding, has, have emotions and um, conditioning or limiting beliefs or issues, so we could say, arisen out of that since you've been older? And have you been able to notice it and being like, oh, that goes all the way back to whenever I was six or seven? Uh, like as far as um, thoughts that I'd have or... Yeah, or just shame, sexual shame, that trauma. Oh, that's a my very, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, the sexual shame part is... I, I would say the more that I've... It, it's an interesting thing, is when you're in this state of resistance and when you're resisting the thoughts, uh, which I did a lot of. And when I was 13, I, I wouldn't say that was like, oh, full acceptance. Uh, it had still been years and years uh, of that still playing in the background and that still being something that was that was present for me, that I resisted, that I didn't want to share with friends of mine, especially guys. I mean, that felt um, pretty freaking scary. But now it's so cool because I've I've been on, I'm now I'm on the other side of it and I'm coming at it from a place of reclamation and coming from a place of really leading with my story and it's, it's opened up so much and, you know, really, if there's one thing that I can share is that our deepest secrets are actually some of our deepest gifts. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I was actually in my car. It was like 11 o'clock. I was with a friend, uh, a friend of mine texted me asking me if I had some space to go deep with him on, on a phone call. I said, sure. And we ended up hopping on the phone, had no idea what we were going to talk about. And he, and he ends up bringing up his own shame and guilt around sexuality. And, um, you know, in that moment, I just felt it was so divine. And so, like, out of all the things we could have talked about, that was discussed on our call. And you never really know what will happen by leading and sharing your, your deepest secrets, your shames, your guilt. But, it one, it liberates you. And, two, it, it gives you the space to support others because... Um, you've gone deeper within your own consciousness and within your own self so you can meet others in a deeper space and and it's a it's a really healing thing to do if you're in a place of service which i mean we all technically are what do you find in the work that you do around sexual shame tends to be the most debilitating and what do you find is the answer to that is it mostly around sharing accepting and letting the thoughts flow in and allowing them yes. to yeah yeah i would say definitely accepting the thoughts and it's so interesting, too, because what I would say is you hmm, you probably don't know your sexuality if you're not allowing yourself to fully explore, like, if you're not accepting your thoughts. Because um, I know for me, when I was in a space of resistance, I don't, um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm gay by any means. I mean, I have a person that I'm in a relationship with right now, and she's an amazing, uh, incredible woman. Uh, that I'm seeing, but what I would say is don't resist your thoughts. Just allow yourself to experience all your thoughts. Allow yourself to, um, yeah, because when you're in a state of resistance, they just get amplified, and there's these desires that get amplified from a space of resistance and tension, so the thoughts get louder and louder um, because we're not accepting them, and it puts us in a state of tension, overwhelm, and frustration. Okay, so I have a question around religion. Yes. So I don't know what your experience is in the religious arena, but I know that I probably have a lot of listeners who connect with spirituality, but I also probably have a lot of listeners who connect with religion. And yes. in many religions, there's a lot of um, sexual repression. <laughs> yes. You know, we, you already know, it's a lot of sexual repression. There's a lot of right and wrong inside the box, not outside the box. If you're outside the box, God doesn't love you or... You know, yeah. they won't necessarily say that in that way, but it's kind of insinuated that if you do things outside of this box, then you're very much going to burn forever. And that's, yes. you know, that's kind of, that's what I find is a very, very, very big, you know, pulling on the corset strings too tight, cutting off oh any circulation goodness. from sexual expression. And so... For people who are working on, like, say they're listening to this and they're like, oh, yeah, that's all fine and well, but every time right. I have a sexual thought, I feel like I'm, like, d condemning myself, basically. You're just lighting a little 
bit of yourself on fire. Yeah, and that's very scary. Yeah. So what about for people who are starting there, who feel yes. like their God will not appreciate or love that or respect them, you know, not even respect, but just like accept <laughs> them if yeah. they have those types of thoughts that are outside of this box? Well, first of all, I could just say I resonate. And I mean, it's like, oh my goodness, as a as 13 or 12 or something, I remember I was reading the Bible just like freaking out, like literally freaking out, like asking for forgiveness. And then there's this whole like, man doesn't lie with man, like man lies with woman, uh, whatever that verse was in the Bible. And like, I also thought like had fear of going to hell, had fear of, of all these different things. So I get it. And yeah, you just trust, just trust. You can't, you can't even know the truth if you're coming at it from a place of fear. If God is unconditional love, if you're already coming from a place of fear, your truth is already being distorted because you're already coming from like, oh, I don't want this to happen. Oh, I'm scared this is going to happen. So you're not even vibrating at the frequency of love, which is the frequency of truth. Um, so there's really no way to distinguish what is actually true for you if you can't fall in love with um, with what's going on. And once you fall in love, you'll you'll have this new this newfound clarity, this newfound um this new this this lens that you can see things with more clearly, and you know I know that's you know you might be listening and being like Kyle, I get it, but how do I do that? Just have a desire to do it. Sit with that desire, meditate on that desire, and find a tribe of people who, and just just find someone, find someone even who you can share your deepest truths with. Find a group of people you can share your deepest truth with. And find someone who's been on the other side of what you're experiencing. That was very helpful for me. And if you can just find someone who's gone through what you're going through, reach out to them. Have a conversation with them. Get another perspective on it. Because um, sometimes when we're in this bubble of overthinking and frustration and overwhelm, it can feel like our options are so limited. But that's actually the best time to just take a deep breath and to just, just allow yourself to relax into yourself. And to open up your lens of perception a little bit more. Right. Oh my gosh, you just said that perfectly, and that was a really tough question. So yeah, I acknowledge geez. you for that. <laughs> that yeah, I was like wondering how would I have responded to this if someone asked me this. That's a really great answer, and I love that you just said the most simple but truthful statement that God is unconditional love. And I think that right there is something that needs to really truly seep into people that have been raised in households where maybe they said that, but the actions were different or how they felt that they were raised. It was not aligned with that truth that God is unconditional love and look at that or hear that feel into that with a new perspective, because if you're used to hearing that all the time, but yet you're used to a God that doesn't appreciate or doesn't accept you for all the different things that you do. And you got to stay inside this box. That statement is going to sound very, blank it's going to be like you know self-care is good like we all know this but right. we really think about our lives and apply it and so this is the yeah. same thing as like god is unconditional love sure you might hear that but if you can look at that with new eyes think about it for a second like if god is unconditional love it means you are loved no matter what which yeah. means that if you are loved no matter what why not strive to create heaven on earth and if heaven on earth is like people loving each other and appreciating each other. And if we are our best versions, when we are expressive and not repressed and free yes. and moving towards love, well, gee, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. And it's also uh, one thing that's gotten me over the hump and sharing some stuff that felt really uncomfortable, um, has just been this desire to serve and this desire to come from a place of service. And you never know, what sharing vulnerably will do for someone else. You never know what sharing your story will do for someone else. So many of us feel like we're alone in our journeys, alone in our struggles. And even the fact of you stepping out and sharing what's, what's true for you, what's present for you is one of those things that will, uh, I mean, someone could be literally on the other, an hour or two away from committing suicide because they feel like they're alone in what they're going through. And then they hear you share your deepest truth. They're like, wow, I, I didn't know anyone else was going through this. And they're able to have hope and have someone who, who they can see is on the other side of um, the challenge that they're experiencing. So if, if you're so caught up in yourself, it may be harder to, to make that shift 
but realize how many other people you're liberating just by by really liberating yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is so true. <laughs> it's so true. I was having a conversation with someone the other day and they were talking about recovering from like food and body image issues. And she had said to me that she was told that you should not recover or heal or work on your relationship with food or body image for other people to be an inspiration. You should only do it for yourself. And this delayed the experience of working on that because doing it simply just for yourself right off from the bat and not allowing yourself to grow and change for anyone else. Well, it, that was a lot of pressure to go from body yes. hatred to body love. That's very yeah. challenging, especially just for you. If that's the, if you have borders where it cannot be for anyone else. And I told her if I had been given that insight, if someone had told me that five years ago, I never right. I'd still be there. I never would have recovered. I would still be there. One of my biggest inspirations for healing my body image was because I was so connected to this collective issue. So many people out there, men and women, are suffering from body image. And I put one and one together, and I thought, okay, I want to be a leader, and I have this huge struggle in my life. So, boom, like, heal this so that I can help others. It wasn't heal this so that I am just constantly in love with myself all day long, and then the end it was heal this so that i can then go relate and connect and to help because that was a bigger more powerful passion a more powerful direction it gave me more oomph in it versus this is for me only for me and i've got to sit here and wait until it's for me like what you're saying about overthinking and overanalyzing everything oh my goodness And, and so many of us wait we wait to just finally give ourselves permission to to do these things and it's so funny because it's, if you're in this vibration of waiting, you just continue to wait and you think that you're not going to, you're going to love yourself when, you're going to be a leader when, but it's not until you just say I'm a leader now that you actually get out of this uh, this frequency of just waiting and you think you're actually going to to come out of it, but you're, you're really just going to continue waiting because that's what you're putting out and it's not until you just put your foot down and say, you know what, I'm going to step out and be a leader in this like you, it's... You know, you you were able to become an authority on this because you've been through the journey and you stopped waiting for permission. You're like, I'm going to step up now. People need me. And that helped you in your healing process, which is amazing. One of the other things that you talked about, I read somewhere, is your passion for really integrating the shadow in your human consciousness. And that goes alongside what we're talking about right now. But I'm curious right now in your life, what shadow are you seeing occur in your life that you're not shaming and shutting away, but inviting in and, and bringing into your story and, and most likely your business? You're just grilling me right now, Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that's come up for me is um, relationships. Um, well, one particular relationship uh, with someone that I'm seeing right now and jealousy. And that has been... Really, and here's what I I think is so beautiful is being able to share what I feel insecure about, being able to share certain things that are that are present for me, from a place of one taking responsibility, two not not sharing them also, but also realizing that there's a deeper truth beyond the jealousy, and there's a deeper uh, sense of love that I wish to get to. Um, So that's something for sure. And yeah, just just sharing more insecurities, sharing more. And that's already something that I've done, but even just diving deeper and, uh, the jealousy part can feel really revealing, especially if you're in a relationship, uh, to be able to share that with someone. Cause it's like, what are they going to think? Are they going to, you know, are they going to be less attracted to me? Are they going to run away? And even being able to share something like, I, I, f- I feel scared that you're going to leave. If I share this, I feel scared that, and, and it's, being able to just share your deepest truth and, you know, realize at the end of the day, that's what you can control. So, yeah. Has jealousy come up in your relationships in the past and yet it wasn't received very well? And and that was a story you created that jealousy is not okay because this is the response? Or is this one of the first times for you to truly experience that and come out and share about it and be truthful? Totally. That's a great, I mean, I've definitely expressed jealousy in a past relationship that I've been in. Um, but at the same time, I, I also have been, uh, 
conditioned really to to associate jealousy with being less attractive, to associate jealousy with being needy, to associate jealousy with pushing someone away. And, you know, it's because of that that, um, you know, I'd say I felt less less keen to, to share that and be super expressive about it. How has your partner right now responded to this openness and you coming forward and saying how you feel? And what's made you feel really warm and really safe and really good about it? I mean, one is just my own devotion to truth and love. So, I mean, <laughs> if you were to just take a sneak peek at some of the conversations I've had, some might think they're really fucking uncomfortable. But it's just it's just this truth to just commitment and devotion to truth. And one thing that's beautiful is just uh, we both have a commitment to just moving through triggers and to it's cool because there's there's a level of excitement that comes with it where most people would be like, oh, we're going to have this conversation. To me, it's more like, we're going to have this conversation? Like, that's exciting because it, it means that more energy gets freed up. It means that there's more freedom uh, to be expressed and there's more, I mean, even just for your physical body, when we repress these things, one, it could show up as passive aggressiveness to where we're going to say the same thing, but we're just going to say it a bit more like a dick. And we're going to be more mm -hmm. passive aggressive. We're going to rub someone the wrong way. And that's what happens a lot in relationships. And it's essentially you have two choices. You're creating either way. But one, are you going to be an unconscious creator and just repress your shadow and then it still shows up and just a lot more rough? Or are you just going to finally just say what's going on, finally say what the truth is, and then just whew, liberate you both? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm a very reactive person naturally. And yeah. I've realized only within the past year in my relationships, um, I guess I've, I would say I've worked on it in the past year, but in my reactiveness, it can come out as passive aggressive, whereas someone will say something and then I would respond with like, laugh out loud, <laughs> like right, right. something totally <laughs> immature. Like they would say something and I would be like, ha ha, like very... Right. And it's so, it's so simple, but it shows that I'm like either patronizing them or making fun or like right. throwing them whatever they're saying to the side. And like, I would do that either with someone I'm dating or with my, with my mom. And oh my it's very not nice. <laughs> and that's something <laughs> that I've really learned, like in, in like, been like, Hey, this is what is happening here. Like why? And it's, it's fixed. If I just wait five more minutes, really? That's right. what the cure was for me is just to wait a few minutes before responding. And then I respond with something very intentional, but right. my fiery like attitude is to be like passive aggressive, say something quickly. Don't think about it. Just go ahead and send it like, no, that's, that doesn't work. That doesn't work well in relationships. It's not very respectful either. It's not respectful to anyone that I'm talking with. And the switch of just waiting a few minutes and responding with something with intention and being, because what that is, is me basically saying a few things. But one of the things I could be saying in that moment is just that my real feelings are not worth sharing right now. You know, yeah. it's, it, it could be against them, like disrespecting them, but it's really disrespecting me. It's really a sign of disrespecting myself and saying that what I, what I am really feeling right now is ugly and I don't want to say it. And instead I want to say something else that makes you look stupid or right. makes it, what makes it sound like what you just said is ugly. Whereas I'm just very afraid of being truthful and being honest and that's how it can come out. So I feel that it's very powerful to be in a partnership like what you're describing you have where you can have those very intense, uncomfortable conversations and there is a level of excitement because both of you are learning and growing even though you're not perfect. You're learning how to share your feelings in a safe space that you're creating for each other. That's beautiful. I was actually listening to um, a little bit of your video. It was four ways to be more vulnerable. I was listening to that last night and it's such a beautiful way to create intimacy with someone and create connection. And I mean, one just simple practical tip is to just stop waiting to say the truth, literally stop waiting. And that's why some of us, we start to overthink because there's this protection mechanism. That's really what overthinking is. If you want to take a look at it, it's, it's, we go into our mind because we don't want to drop into our feelings because that's scary. So we stay up here and we analyze 6,000 different scenarios. Should I say this? Should I say that? Should I do this? Should I do that? And then we just end up stuck and frustrated and overwhelmed. And like, 
then maybe it comes out really rough after repressing it for a long time and you're just like, well, I hate you. Or like, fuck off. Or you always do this. And then it just comes out really with a razor's edge when you could have just spoke the truth right right then and there and stop waiting. Like, just literally stop waiting to say the truth. Your life mm-hmm. is happening now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I found myself very insecure about, and I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this. So have you ever experienced, maybe you haven't at all, but I have noticed in my life where I've seen patterns with the type of people that I have dated and I've seen patterns with the type of people that I'm initially interested in. And Uh I'm very much, I'm a very, I I believe that I'm a very open to love person. Like my love is endless for all people. And I think that can be kind of intimidating to some people because it is them on the other sides, they see that as lack of scarcity. Like she has so much love to give. Why would she give it to me? And somehow brains do that. And I realize I can do that as well. If I am interested in a partner who is full of light and full of love and is available to love all people, the same thing you're basically just saying, the jealousy can come up. It's like this person is full of light, full of love, giving it to all people and that's beautiful, but they're giving it to them over there and they're giving it to them over there. And for some reason that really, I don't know, it like would intimidate me, not so much right now, but in my past, I have noticed that that would intimidate me and that would all come back to a worthiness thing. And that's again, why the communication is so important. Oh yes. So was there a particular way that they would behave that would, um, that would trigger it? Would it be like, they're just super present and looking super deep into that other person's eyes? Or... Yeah, probably something like that. Like, <laughs> something like that? They're hugging them. Oh my God, they're touching them. And it's, it's, that is something that, and I, I feel is very much, um, would very much hold me back from connecting with the right people because as a safety mechanism, I would choose the people who weren't able to connect with people right. because they were the safe option. I was the only person they would connect with because they didn't trust people, but they trust me because I would fix them. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I would say also too, it's like, is there a part of yourself that wants to do the same thing? Because what I, what I've noticed is when we, we want to express those same things, but we're like, Oh, well, I don't want to do that because it might, might trigger them it might make them feel jealous or i feel overly paranoid or overthink about it um then that can manifest as the lack of compassion or lack of like oh that's awesome that you're doing that and being so expressive with other people because deep down maybe we want to be doing the same thing but we feel so like i don't want to trigger the other person or i'm going to feel guilty if i express this or i'm super present with this other person because that'll trigger my partner um within that um, and the exploration of that, if you feel inspired to, can open up a, a deeper understanding and deeper compassion uh, for the other side of the coin, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And I would say for me, one of the biggest motivators to, like you said, being inspired to, to work on this is my love for acro yoga. That really changed a lot for me about a year and a half ago where I started to connect with strangers and their bodies and create intimacy with people that I had no emotional foundation with yet. I had just met them and we were already trusting each other and communicating and looking into each other's eyes and having our bodies in very oddly odd positions like in each other's like business you know and that for me was so helpful so helpful for me to start connecting with other people on a very deep level that was not a threat to anything it was just purely falling in love with the world and that is i love that I, i really deeply love that amazing Right in each other's business. Right in the business. Yeah, it's great. Have you ever done it before? Uh, no, I've never. Oh, man. I feel like you probably really like it since you're so connected. You probably enjoy it. It's it's definitely a challenge. I mean, it's acrobatics on top of another human being's body, but it's a beautiful practice. Yeah, I could totally see myself doing it. Okay, so switching gears just a little bit, I do want to touch on what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode and how you have really created 
this platform, this connection, this community without mm. like, you're not all about the nitty gritty details. Like when I, when I asked you to, to, um, resize an image, <laughs> like it was, I thought that was so amazing that you weren't sure how to resize an image. Honestly, I did. I was like, this guy <laughs> is so focused on what's important in life that he doesn't know how to resize an image because he's not all about that. He's not all about the technology and the getting all these things right. I really did admire that so much because of what you've built and what you've created. And I find coaches and speakers and healers and writers that are like that to be the most inspiring that I'm connected to because they simplify and they focus on what is important to them. So how have you learned to block or maybe not even learn, but how have you yeah. consistently stayed on your path? Whereas when the minute you get online and on Facebook, it's like yeah. try these million different funnel, you know, ways and tactics and this and that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, an honest answer is I've definitely modeled other people. I've definitely, um, learned from other people and embodied certain things that I admired about people. I mean, one is, um, I've just been blessed to have some really amazing people and mentors in my life. And, um, one being this guy, and maybe we wrote about him, Preston Smiles. He's been an amazing, uh, mentor and big brother for me. And, um, he's someone who has learned, who I've learned a lot from and his love for people has definitely inspired me. And, you know, for myself, I'm extremely extroverted and I just, I love connecting with people and that's opened up so many doors for me and so many different opportunities. That is one of my like superpowers really. And it, it, it's one, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's, it's not putting people on a pedestal. It's not putting people on this oh, you're here, I'm here, you're up here, I'm down here type of mentality and way of being. But it's really just opening your heart and, and truly coming from a place of service and just loving on other people. And that opens up so many doors. So many, I, I literally just went to uh, the Bulletproof Conference out here, in, um, out here in Pasadena. And it was amazing. I had a freaking life-changing time. And I got that ticket from someone that I've never met before on Facebook uh, that I've literally never met, but it was this, he had, we'd connected before, um, just through social media. And it's the power of just really sharing yourself, sharing your heart and really just giving an F about other people. It, it opens up so many doors. I literally just got a speaking opportunity. I'd say, because one of my close friends is throwing this event and I don't know how many other people applied, but just really leading with your heart and leading with love and leading with just actually wanting to connect with this other human being that's in front of you. Um, it's so much more, I don't want to say important, but a lot of people lose sight of the big picture by, oh, is my copy on page 22 all right, or this and that, and then they forget that there's all these people in their sphere of influence, all these people in their network that they haven't connected with. And maybe by connecting with them and really just sharing your truth, that can open up a door for them that they never even knew was possible. So... Um, yeah, I would just invite your listeners to who's someone in your network you've been intuitively knowing you should connect with or just thinking about connecting with and just open up the conversation, jump on a call and, and, and share what you're about and, you know, see if you can help them hear what they're about and you never know what doors will open because of that. Mm, yes, yes, yes. I love this. And, and with you speaking up and speaking out and being very vulnerable and open with your story, how have you dealt with? slash felt into slash accepted criticism coming your way and people who don't agree with what you're saying and allowing that not to deter you from sharing your message, especially on Facebook where it's the land of everyone just going, you know, crazy on their keyboard at times. Right. Keyboard warriors. Mm -hmm. um, so with that, I, Maybe it's just because I haven't amassed like a huge audience and like a huge following, but I don't really get a lot of like troll comments, a lot of hater comments. I mean, there's definitely experienced different opinions, but I mean, nothing's really deterred me to the fact where I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop sharing my message. I have so many people who love what I'm sharing and love what I'm up to. And, you know, I know the truth of my heart and I know the truth of what I'm sharing. And I know that I'm coming from an, 
from an honest, authentic, heart-centered place, uh, at least most of the time, that, you know, it, my devotion to truth is just so much more important than anyone's uh, commentary or things that they could say. I mean, I'm open to hearing criticism, like, don't get me wrong, but if I don't resonate with it or if I don't feel it's useful or relevant, I'm not going to hang on to it for a long time. I feel like as well, I don't receive quite as much anymore. I used yeah. to whenever I had my um, when body image and eating disorder recovery was my main message. I got stuff all the time. I mean, right. I had people telling me like, who, who are you to speak about food issues when you look like that? Like, doesn't just lots of hate, you know, I never really knew how people would respond to my message, which was very frustrating to be honest. Um, it was not the most peaceful arena. So I, I have since left talking about a lot of that message, but I really admire people who are very strong in that message and who are strong in anything to do with saying something controversial and really sticking to what they're saying, because I know that can be very challenging at times. Yeah, there's a, there's a great quote, too, on uh, those who cannot hear the music think the people dancing look like fools. I know I totally butchered that quote, but there's so many of us that are tapped into truth, and we, you know, pioneers and people who are meant to make a difference need to be different. We need to stand out. We need to uh, just truly share what we're about. And maybe people don't get us for a while. Maybe people don't get us for a hundred years what we're talking about. But if you have something that's so true to your heart and so true to what you're about, you're not honoring yourself if you don't share it. You're not honoring yourself if you don't speak up. And if no one understands you, but if you know deep down it's your God-given truth, honor it. Mm -hmm. And you never know really what will come of that. And it can feel like such a scary journey of trust and surrender and like, what are people going to think? What are people going to think? But then maybe you get a message from someone that was like, wow, I've literally been going through the darkest period of my life. And because you shared that message, I, I feel so much more relieved and I have a new perspective on life. And you just, you, you, can, you can't foresee the impact that you're going to have, but share your truth because it's going to come. One thing I used to do as well to help me to stay on track whenever I did need it and I was feeling very sensitive to those comments, I would go to Amazon and read the one-star reviews of my favorite authors. Yes. And so if someone can give a one-star review to Elizabeth Gilbert or someone can give a one-star review to Tolkien, I can sure say what I want to say on a Facebook post or on a podcast because you know, the loudest boos do come from the cheapest seats or you could be the mm. juiciest peach in the world and someone's going to hate peaches. It just happens. You can't <laughs> control it. Some of them are so funny too. Like they literally just make no sense or very little sense or just, they just sound so angry. Um, so you also got to know, know who's saying it. And it's so, yeah, hurt people hurt people. Totally. I was talking to someone the other day and she said something like, it was kind of a silly post, but she said something like, um, I just don't like goats. Like, I don't even know. It was something like that. She was like, I just don't like goats. And people in Colorado, apparently I didn't know this, but they love goats. And someone commented on there and was like, how dare you not like goats? Goats are the best thing in the world. And she shared like three pictures of her goats and in the next comment and the next comment she was like you're like against god's greatest gift to the world how dare you and stuff like that like it's even the most simplest things like if someone can get very personally attached to another person's opinions of goats that live 60 miles away when you're sharing your deepest truth and you're sharing something that's very vulnerable and very honest and very dear to you that's way more susceptible to having someone disagree with it because it's so vulnerable and because you, you can't decide where that person is in their stage of acceptance. If they are so far from accepting something deep within them that's triggering them every single day, they're not yeah. going to accept it in you. And in, in fact, they're going to fight that because right. the more they fight that, the safer they feel about yeah, I should keep shaming myself for this. It's a safer space than accepting that within them. Yeah, and one thing that you touched on that just, oh my goodness, it's so prevalent is we 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 show up vulnerably and then we, we're scared or someone reacts a certain way and then we, 
we lose trust and we shut our heart down real fast. And that is one of the most dangerous things we can do. Just because someone doesn't receive our truth, we shut down our heart and that can just lead to years and years or months and weeks of however long of just keeping your heart closed. And um, there's a great quote, I think it's by Rumi, where it's your capacity to love is your capacity to have your heart broken. And so many of us, we don't get to that stage of just allowing someone else to fully see us and to, to really take in our heart that we shut down. And we can be so close, literally so close, right on the other side of gold, and we shut it down. So, yeah, if there's anything that I could say is just keep your heart open. And people that don't understand won't understand, but they may just not be your people. Mm-hmm. That quote is genius. I'm so glad you said that. I was talking to a friend. I have a lot of like stories I'm sharing in this episode, but it reminded me of this. I was talking to a friend and I was talking about like heartbreak and getting your heart broken. And she asked me, what would you do? How would you act if you were guaranteed to have a broken heart? Which for some people is not going to feel very comforting. But for me in that moment, I was like, that is such a smart way to look at it. Like what if you knew without a doubt, there was some moment in time that your heart was going to be broken because of the expiration date of an event of a relationship, whatever it may be. What if you knew that there was an expiration date coming and regardless, you're going to be hurt by it. You'll get back on your feet like you always do. But if you knew that was going to happen, how would you then live your life? And for me personally, I am very much like, if I knew that's going to happen, I would go all out and I would really have this clarity. I would gain so much more clarity about if this is something I really want, whether it's a new career route or it is a move or it is a relationship, whatever it may be. If I knew there was going to be some day where there was an expiration date, I'd probably think way less about my choices and feel way more. Yes. Make your next level your now level. So many of us wait and call it our next level, but it's really here now. Ooh, that's good. I love that. That's really good. (laughs) Make your next level your now level. Is that on your mirror somewhere? I feel like that's a good mirror quote. That is not, but I mean, if if you want to bring out the Sharpie right now, I mean, that'd be a nice little affirmation. I think so too. Okay, so before we go over to the quick fire round, where can people connect with you to continue this conversation and dive in deeper? Yeah, so they can follow me on Facebook. It's just Kyle Lipton. It's uh, is this episode coming out soon? This will be coming out in probably three weeks. Okay, three weeks. Um, so yeah, Kyle Lipton. I am friends with Maddie Moon on Facebook, so you might be able to see me there. I have a picture of me uh, on a sunset as my profile picture. So feel free to just connect with me there. And Instagram, it's at Kyle K Y L E underscore Lipton, like the T. Okay. Awesome. And if anyone wants to really dive in deeper with you on this work and learn how to come back home into this land of feeling more and thinking less, they can just let you know that they came from my podcast. Yes. Yes. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'd be happy to offer anyone who's came from your podcast, um, a free 30 minute coaching session to really, if you want to get on the other side of overthinking and really experience more of your truth and your purpose and to really just step into your gifts into the world and to relax, let go of the overwhelm, let go of the overthinking, let go of like this overly driven from a place of scarcity um, mode and just relax and surrender and receive, um, I'd be happy to do that. Wonderful. And I will have the links to that on the show notes for this. This is episode 177. So I will make sure that's all there. I know that's so needed for my community. And for the quick fire round, you know how it goes. It's just whatever pops in your mind first, though I will say some of these questions are kind of tricky. So if you need to check it, <laughs> that's okay. Okay. Right. Awesome. Today, what are three words to describe you in this moment? Loving, grateful, and the word big came up <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll go with that. Big. Why not? If yeah. you could live anywhere in the world besides where you currently live, where would it be? That is a great one. Uh, Australia for sure. Uh, and yeah, New York, Bali, Bali, maybe for a little bit. Mm, I love Bali. I like New York. I've never been to Australia, but one day. Same here. What did you eat for breakfast? 
I didn't eat anything for breakfast. I just had black coffee, water, and I took some awesome supplements. Mm, yum. <laughs> sounds tasty. Yeah, right? Sounds appetizing. <laughs> um, what is your biggest quality turn on in a partner? Ooh. I wouldn't say there's one, but one thing that I really value is presence for someone to just be present with me. Um, that's a big one. And to, to really, ah, here's a great one to take a genuine interest. Like, I love that. Like someone actually being curious about me. That's a, that's a huge turn on. Brilliant. Who are three people you'd invite to the perfect dinner party? The perfect dinner party. Wow. I would say, Hmm. Tony Robbins. Let's see. What would be a cool group of people? I was going to say Eckhart Tolle, but he doesn't sound that fun to jam out with. <laughs> um, Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, and uh, Bentino Massaro. Bentino Massaro? Yeah, he's another spiritual teacher, leader guy. Ooh, I've never heard of I him. Think, I think it'd be a really interesting group of people to be around. Currently, what's your favorite meal? Dang, you're really getting me here. They're tricky. Um, I don't have a favorite meal, Sometimes but I do. You can just think of today. What's your favorite meal today? And you know, yeah, what, what, what would I love? To... Hmm. There's this place called Erewhon that I love. It's this super awesome market in LA, and I would love to get a combo plate from there of. Some healthy grass-fed beef, sweet potatoes, and um, yeah, maybe like some broccolini. It's a very mm. interesting combination I got going on there. If love tasted like a specific flavor, <laughs> any flavor in the world, what would it be? Um, chocolate. Why chocolate? Uh, because that felt, yeah, that's what came up. And I also, yeah, just imagine eating chocolate and melting into love. Aww, that's cute. The, the sappy answer. I like it. I like it. I've had answers such as, um, my favorite answer was a pot roast. Jeez, he just was, going in <laughs> on it. <laughs> he was like, my wife's going to hate me for this, but I've got to say a pot roast because it's hearty. It's filling. It's not oh something goodness. on the go. You put it in the crock pot. It lasts forever. <laughs> it's like... I'm, I'm guessing that wasn't like the, the heartthrob part of the episode where all the ladies listening were like, wow, that is just the that, – that is it right there. I don't know if we had any heartthrobs in that episode. It was a funny episode. If you want to listen to it, um, it's the one I did with David Finch. Oh, cool. He has Asperger's, and he wrote a book about – finding out and he has Asperger's like while he was married, he didn't even, didn't even know. And he wrote this whole book on like how to be in a marriage when you're just finding out you have Asperger's and he's just a wow. really awesome guy with great insight. That's amazing. Okay. What is one must read book everyone needs to get? That is such a time. I literally was just thinking about this book seconds before you asked this question. Mm. So, um, there's this book called the gene keys that I've been reading. It's freaking amazing. And one thing that I want to share that sticks out is uh, I – so there's 64 gene keys in the book, and I sent a text and asked um, asked someone to pick a number. She picked 61. Um, actually, is the – yeah, the person that I'm seeing currently. And it, it's so perfect, and it was so timely for what I was going through. And I think the people listening, it, this is a game changer, is – one thing that stuck out was you cannot solve psychosis inside of psychosis. And in layman's terms, you can't solve overthinking while you're still in the overthinking. And so many times we get caught up in trying to solve it, trying to fix it from this overthinking place. And literally time and time again, we're like, oh, here's the solution. And we end up right back where we started. And it's not until we get outside of the overthinking that we're able to make a shift. Okay. So what are the gene keys? Are they particular keys to your genes? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess 
I haven't read a whole bunch of it, but basically it's, you can take this test online and I would say just do, you know, take what resonates, leave what doesn't, but you can take this test online and you can explore different. So for example, uh, let's say you have 20, the number 22 in your test. Let's say that's part of your life purpose. You could go to gene key 22 and you can get insights about yourself mm. and you can learn things about yourself. And, um, yeah, I, I'd heard the book quite a bit and it really just started to blow my mind more when I would have an inspiration and intuition to turn to a certain page and it would be so on point and spot on for what I'm going through. Um, it literally hasn't failed that. Yeah. Wow. Okay, cool. I'm going to have the link to that on the show notes for this because that sounds really genius and I love the way that sounds. You can't heal, get out of overthinking when you're in overthinking you're that reminds me of Mark Manson stuff. It's like the feedback loop from hell. He talks about where you oh get my goodness. anxiety and it creates anxiety that you have the anxiety and then you have anxiety that you still have the anxiety from the anxiety and it like just keeps going and going. Yeah. It, and it's so tricky too, because we think we're like, all right, this one more time, I'm just going to solve this. I'm just going to, just going to solve it right now. We think this, this is going to be the time that I solve it. And it can feel scarier to let go and to, um, actually, just trust and to let go of the overthinking. Um, so yeah, it's a tricky one. Cool. Well, thank you. I'm glad that I asked that question when you were just thinking about it. So that's meant to be. Yes. If you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to play the role of you? Can I pick myself or? No, you got to pick an actor. <laughs> All right. Uh, who would I cast to play the role of me? And it has to be an actor. It could be anyone, really. It could be anyone but you because then it would, I mean, I guess it can be you, but I... No. It doesn't have, to, you, no documentaries. <laughs> yeah, I get it. exactly. Um, it could be someone else. It could be a singer. Maybe just someone that people might know. I'll just pick Matthew McConaughey. Okay. That's a good one. I'll just, I'll just be Southern. If you had a talk show, what would you name it? The Integrated Truth Hour. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um, okay, last question. If you had a spirit animal, what would it be? <laughs> um, it would be a... Wow, that's a good one. Hmm. I would say a... wolf dog ooh a wolf dog I like that yeah okay cool wolf dog that's beautiful I love it and why yeah. why would it be a wolf dog <laughs> that just felt really inspiring to to share yeah I felt another one that came up was a crow and that's mm. one that's followed me around a bit so yeah wolf dog or a crow I'm all about that. Have you um have you seen the wild unknown animal tarot cards? I I actually pulled a spirit animal deck card one time and I got a crow. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the same thing, but um yeah. Probably. They're like really pretty artistic pictures. It's like mostly dark, some color. Probably There's a book that comes with it? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I've gotten the crow a few times too. I was going to send that little description to you if you hadn't received it, but yeah, it's it's pretty neat. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Kyle, for coming on the podcast. This was really deep and you did really well with all of the questions I threw at you. So thank you for being so vulnerable and so open and so beautifully present with us today. Thanks for having me here. I was a bit I was nervous and a bit excited, pretty excited to come on the show, so I'm glad I'm, I came on and jammed out with you. It was awesome. Oh, I'm so grateful for it. So everyone, if you want to get the show notes, you want to get all the links to his Facebook, to his Instagram, to the book that we mentioned, you can go to mattymoon.com slash kyle-lipton, which is also going to be episode 177. And while you're there, if you haven't yet downloaded the free audio guide I have available for you, you can do that on the homepage. And I will see you guys next week.